0: This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.
1: Thirty years ago, Tim Berners-Lee invented the World Wide Web. In 2010, astronaut T.J. Creamer posted the first unassisted update to his Twitter account from the International Space Station. And now, you get to hear this trash, thanks to the magic of the Internet. Hashtag progress. This is funny people talking.
0: Hi, I'm Danny Faith Leonard. I'm a comedian, I'm a writer, and producer. And I am the host of Adult Sex Ed. And I would rather be going outside and risking my fragile immune system than listening to funny people talking.
2: Hey everybody, and welcome to Funny People Talking. This is your host Mark Rako, and I am uh, talking with, but not personally in the room with, our good friend and another host of this show, Danielle Beckwoman, Mademoiselle ba- Danielle. <laughs> oh my God. Wait,
3: what just happened? Danielle Beckwoman.
2: I don't know what I did. So let, let me try it again.
3: No, don't try it again. Oh. Keep it. It was perfection. Oh, is
2: it D- Danielle
3: Beckwoman yeah oh
2: that's your new name yeah i'm not gonna
3: be changed i'm actually not gonna be changing my last name when i get Mm -hmm. married so but maybe now i will change it but i won't change it to his last name it'll just be back woman and i'll go totally like against the patriarchy and it'll be great
2: that's that's awesome anyway uh good good (laughs) Good to hear you. We are uh, good to recording. hear you,
3: Mark. Yes. Thank you. We're
2: recording uh, remotely again in our uh, our time of COVID nineteen uh, work from home. We uh, still haven't completely set ourselves up here, but we're doing our best from our individual homes. Also with us are our, our delightful and good friend and our producer Elsie. Hey, Elsie. Hi. Uh, you still with None of Your Business right now because you're at home. None of Your Business is home with you right now
4: well yeah at home but not
2: with me okay not with you at the moment okay. what's, none of, what's
4: the cat doing
2: yeah none of your business is elsie's cat uh danny by the way oh great so uh, <laughs> uh so uh yeah what's the cat doing elsie
4: hanging out on the windowsill uh, with a closed window right yes oh good okay.
2: well there's no reason to not be safe
3: and Mark, who is that other voice that's. Yeah, that
2: other voice with us. It is our second Danny on the show today. And that's Danny Faith Leonard. Danny is uh, an old friend of mine. We had collaborated on, uh, or been looking to at least collaborate on something. Uh, she's a really cool person. She is. Uh, an actress she is a comedian she's a writer a producer and she also has an amazing show at caveat Remember caveat with our guest ben Lilly recently if you haven't listened to that show go back listen it's awesome and so is he but caveat uh, this is one of the shows at caveat it's called adult sex ed we're going to find out all about it and how it started which may surprise you uh, and uh, the uh, creator uh, and host of that is of course danny faith leonard a very cool person hey danny Hey, thanks for joining us on this show. I'm so happy to, it's been a long time since we chatted and I'm, I'm glad to have a chance to catch up.
0: I know. I wish we could be in person, but, <laughs> uh, but I'm glad that this works out
3: too. <laughs> I'm know, so glad too. And we have two Danielle's. I mean, what?
2: I know. Uh, I, I know. How are we ever going to navigate it's that? It's going to be awesome. I, I know Danny because uh, I was introduced to her. She was a mentor for a type of mentorship that I had from a mutual acquaintance, Michael Roderick who I know we all know. I met oh, yes. Danielle through Michael Roderick. Oh, and I, wow. know, I know Elsie knows Michael Roderick. And so uh, Danny was a mentor in a, in a mentorship that I was in. And then uh, I worked on a cool project with a woman named uh, Sarah Takako Skinner called the Hope Is Project. And she and I uh, met with Danny and her partner about the possibility of, Developing a film project, we we never did go forward with that, but it really was a a, a really wonderful collaboration and showed me what uh, her company. Uh, it, it, what are you currently calling the company? Is it still um, Big Vision Empty Wallet? Is yes. that right?
0: Okay. Yeah, we <laughs> we deviated from the name there for a little bit. Uh, and then uh, we're about to celebrate our 10 year anniversary as a company. Oh, and we kind wow. of went back to the old name, the old branding, or a, a newer version of the old branding, and we're b- really bringing back the past.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so as I as I recall, we'll get more into it later. But that company's ethos and mission, or certainly the way it was reason it was created, and hence the name is. There's a lot of really wonderful uh, artists and, and creators and filmmakers out there who have these amazing Ideas that they can execute, but but they they don't have the funds or the connections, and you play connector and ultimately producer to help put them in front of the right people so that their deserving vision can be executed. Is that a fair sizing up of it a little bit?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we're we are a production company that has an incubator model uh, that has always really been focused on inclusion. Mm-hmm but everything you said was absolutely correct. That was a very good description of. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm, behind a, the company. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm available for bar and pitches. So anyway, no, so I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad to hear I didn't have that too wrong. So more on that later. Uh, so uh, coming up, we're, we're going to play, uh, we're going to play catch up a little bit. We're also going to play uh, uh, one of our favorite improv games. And then uh, we're going to learn all about uh, Danny Faith Leonard and uh, uh, adult sex ed. And then, uh uh, a little surprise at the end of the show and that's what we've got ahead but first i have a question for danielle as is I it for,
3: me back, for me back yes. woman me
2: yes yes danielle my question is oui. um very interesting to see you come in yeah with a bandana on but not as I would expect it especially in this COVID-19 time
3: oh yeah not around my mouth no
2: not around your mouth in fact it was hanging from your ear like an earring
3: definitely yeah
2: and and I should mention that this particular bandana was hot pink oh yes with a little blue star on it Oh, yeah. So so, why was there a hot pink bandana with a little blue star hanging from your ear like an earring?
3: Mark, listen.
2: Yes, I'm trying.
3: Do you know how long we've all been inside?
2: It's a long time.
3: Do you know how my outfit and apparel choices don't really matter anymore.
2: <laughs> so and you're being creative. This is how
3: fashion know. is born. Yes. And so maybe I I should get up on on a platform such as TikTok, Snapchat and really show off this new bandana wear because I didn't know you were going to even comment on it and now I'm thinking i'm on to something you know it's time to get risky inside in a safe space with fashion yes that's all okay. i'm saying all
2: right, and i'm sorry sense.
3: Danny didn't get to see it because we my camera <laughs> wasn't working but the blue star is really the uh, it's kind of like my north star mark you know oh well that's nice yeah i think so, i've gone a little crazy
2: yeah okay um i I'm not. See, you understand my reactions. That I'm not that shocked.
3: Right. Right. Well, I mean, you always notice all these strange quirks that I think are totally normal. So maybe you should talk to the person I'm marrying because I know know, he's okay with it.
2: I'm frankly just surprised it's not more wild than that.
3: Right. We're just going to stick to these strange bandana ear coverings and see what brings. What tomorrow brings. Okay.
2: That sounds good. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Before we start the show proper, uh, do you perchance, my friend Danielle, happen to have a nerd tip?
3: I do. Just the tip. Nerd tip. Ooh. It's kind of like a fun little nerd advice and um, a nerd tip for help remembering your passwords. Because what do we all do all the time? Forget our passwords to everything. So I should be a better nerd and actually keep track of my passwords better. Currently, I'm looking into LastPass. Um, There's another one called 1Password. Um, There's another brand called Dashline. Dashline um uh, dash lane excuse me mark do you have anything to remember passwords did you keep them all up in your noggin
2: um i do but i'm not gonna say what it is
3: well no you don't need to say your password i'm not going
2: i'm not going to say my method
3: oh but I'm, I'm proud of you good good, good. what good, i'm go saying on. no but I, I do
2: I, I do have what i think is sleuthy okay. except to the highest level uh A very entrepreneurial sleuth.
3: Well, this is great. Well, so one tip for all you out there who are having trouble remembering passwords or even say like Wi Fi networks is to make it funny and make it unique. So, like a Wi Fi pass or a Wi Fi name I saw recently was Bill Y. The Science Fi. I thought that was really cute. Yeah. You know, if you're a musical theater person, make your password like music of the night or like a prayer, Madonna. You know, go with a phrase that you're not going to forget because I know some people that are sexagenarians. That means they're in their Mm -hmm. 60s and get your mind out of the gutter, Mark. And they are sexagenarians and they, they have a password that's like their dog, their dead dog's name, and then a bunch of numbers. And I'm right. like, "What? Everyone's gonna think of that." So we got to get more creative and protect yourself, people. And that's my tip. All right,
2: very good tip. Thank you very much. Well, of course. Elsie, um, what's your password? Don't get.
3: Don't ask that. That's the point.
2: Oh damn it!
3: Oh my. Yeah, I didn't talk so- of that.
2: Yeah, so close. Oh All right.
3: my uh, hey, God.
2: I, will, I, will, I do have one job for you, though, Elsie. What? Tell me to start the show.
1: Start the show. This is Funny People Talking with Mark Rako, Danielle Beckman, and Elsie.
2: All right, everybody, welcome back to Funny People Talking. We're here with Danny Faith Leonard and all of you. Uh, I'm Mark Rako. We've got Daniel Beckman. We've got Elsie. Everybody is, sorry, Beck woman. uh, Everyone is in the room. There's one person who's not in the room that we wish was, and that is Tina Fey. It's time for our appeal to Tina Fey. Danny, what that means is that uh, we have a very, very strong desire for uh, reasons I won't get into now, uh, but a lot of close calls. Why? We want to have just even a brush by with Tina Fey, uh, a postcard, a drive by, a phone call, an appearance on the show. It doesn't matter. Something that connects her with this show. Do you mean for just a moment? So what we do every show is we pray to the comedy gods that somehow, some way, if we put it out there, it'll happen. Someone will hear it the universal move in the right direction. So we're going to pray now, if you would like to join in, you're more than welcome. If you, if if you, if you know a way to get to Tina Fey, that's even more welcome. But anyway, uh, just letting you know, that's what we're going to do now. Uh, And I will lead off if anyone wants to join. Oh, Comedy universe, please deliver Tina Fey. We love uh, you.
4: We love you. Please, technology. it's time. Oh, this thanks. is the
2: one. We will come to you if you're worried about With like masks. social distancing. mask we'll stay at the right amount of way. Time. We'll do whatever you need to do. Thank you, Tina Fey. Oh, amen.
3: amen yes amen
2: so thank you for that everybody that
3: was beautiful all right yeah
2: it was <laughs> it was very peaceful I Wasn't it, it was gorgeous <laughs> um all right uh i have a question for you i just saw recently on the news and i kind of wanted to put who this up for you? discussion who is you I'm going to explain.
3: Thank you, darling.
2: The, literally, that was the next thing I was going to say. This is for all of you, but it is also targeted directly to Danny because of some of what she does. I saw a news article that it's possible by the time this episode comes out, this will have already happened. But some of the the news article is titled, Some of the Last People on Earth to Hear About the Coronavirus Pandemic Are Going to be Told on Live TV. Because 18 contestants in the German Big Brother house don't know about it because they're quarantined in the Big Brother house without any access to media. So they're going to – after the remaining participants uh, are in the long-running reality series – It has stayed where they don't know. Uh, The producers have stuck to the principle, even as borders have slammed shut, stock markets have sunk, the world has ground to a halt, et cetera, et cetera. But on Tuesday evening, I guess uh, tonight, as we're recording actually, so this will have already happened, the contestants on the German program will finally be updated on the pandemic live on television in a heavily publicized special episode of the show.
0: Oh God, that's so messed up. (laughs) Okay, hold on, but you know everyone's going to watch.
3: Yeah. so
2: so so here's here here's exactly because remember we've all sort of felt this gradually it's gotten to the point now where like if you told all this it's like a movie right okay so my question is i guess you answered it to anybody saying that's so messed up but uh but should this be on television how does this connect with your sensibilities as a producer danny and and by the way uh you t- you too danielle as a producer
0: yeah I mean, I've never, uh, I've never produced a trashy reality thing, but I've had the opportunity to pitch before and it was a couple of years ago and I had a meeting at a network that I won't mention, but like they're known for trash. So you could, you could picture which one that might be, I guess. And um, I had a meeting with an executive there. And uh, it was just a general meeting, we just wanted to get some advice from her. And we, we asked how, uh, how new shows are pitched there. And what she basically said is, well, okay, you go out and you find a crazy person. And uh-huh. if that crazy person can be a character, then you bring them in we meet them and we see if they're crazy enough and then maybe we build a show around them. And uh, obviously that just doesn't uh, appeal to me. I know enough crazy people. I don't need to go out and find more. uh, Like I don't need to bring more crap into my life just because it would be something that someone else would enjoy watching on TV. Um, So I don't know. I just, I think that the, I don't hate the reality TV genre, but I don't, appreciate stuff like this where people are just going to watch it because it's so messed up that being said (laughs) (laughs) that's
2: that's honest thank you that's (laughs)
3: honest i mean well so in and i'm sure danny and i'm sure everyone um here talking now all four of us would agree that like we all have a passion for storytelling right so we all for one reason or another, are in the, the art of like the entertainment industry in many different ways. And so it's, to me, it's very much about what's the story. And I like stories of humanity and redemption. So if this moment of telling them of what's happened is going to bring, I don't know, some joy or um, unity or something or a a revelation for someone that's great if it's filmed in a way of like exploiting these people and making them look like absolute idiots that's really hard for me so it's just it's you know it depends it's all in the way that it's executed I guess so to speak that's my my whole Shibang.
2: yeah i think it always a question i often ask myself in anything that i've ever been involved with creating or developing or anything even playing a small role in it is um why does this exist in the world what i mean aside from it made some money for people i'm saying what what is its value in its existence in the world in even the tiniest way i mean i'll i'll even throw out there a show like uh here comes honey boo boo or whatever. I mean, that's such a ridiculous show. It's clearly, uh, you know, engineered in a lot of ways, but there is, in my opinion, a small tiny uh, value there. And that is, is it's a family that loves each other. And you see that through thick and thin, they, they stay together. They have each other's back. They love each other, whatever. That's what I got out of it anyway. There's something there. There's definitely shows out there that are just have, I mean I'm not going to say them because I don't want to I don't want to offend anyone that likes them but in my opinion there's shows out there that are just like you know it's like eating um, food that is is has zero nutritional value at all right
3: which people do all the time <laughs> hey I I've,
2: I've, I've certainly done it plenty of times but you know you, you you get what it does to you you know you 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 got to live with the consequences
3: yeah um, mark did you um... I mean, but I'm not serving it
2: to millions of people, though.
3: A yeah. Truth. Well, but Mark, you were in my movie. Do you think that's gonna have any redemption and any joy? <laughs> I'm actually well, really excited for you to see it. But
2: it's it, it uh, just just to put this in perspective, Danny. I was uh I was a a background actor, but uh very pleased and delighted to. But contribute. I
3: have to say, you were quite prominent in the opening scene, and it's super exciting. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, you. you have a great reaction. Oh, like, good. Thank no you. No one can miss you in this movie. Yay! Yay! All right.
2: Hey, thank you. Um, so, so well, I mean, look your your movie is going to be about um
3: it's a woman finding her identity and yeah. fully messing up and falling flat on her face and then actually yeah, having people care for her yeah
2: but it's fictional if i'm saying it's fictional oh it's not, it's, it,
3: you were talking about reality tv and that's stuff. what i'm talking Got about it.
2: so you know manipulating people's lives look at look at how many times have you danny how many times have you heard about about these stories about um one producer taking this one cast member over here and saying god did you hear the stuff this person talking about with you and then and then another producer takes the other person and says hey do you hear what this person's talking about with you and then oh, they put yeah. them they put them together in a room and put their cameras on and see what happens
0: mm-hmm. do you and know they also they also yeah, over before. serve them alcohol very often yes oh, absolutely. to manufacture those fights and i've i had the pleasure of seeing it in person I at the muse awards that's held every year for new york women in film and television and this was at least five years ago, and it was the cast of, oh, I'm just going to say it. It was The Real Housewives in New York City. That and... is precisely
2: what I thought you were going to say, by the <laughs> way.
0: I might as well say it. And it was 1030 in the morning, and they were shit-faced. Oh, no. <laughs> they were just absolutely wasted. And this is an award show that you do drink at, but they arrived that way.
2: They made Anna Nicole Smith look like a nun.
3: Oh, oh, my God. word. Well, sure. no. Do you know what? I was in one reality TV show. It was called All on the Line with Joe Z. And it was Joe Z, who was the creative director, I think, for Cosmo? No. Oh, shoot. I can't remember. It was one of the fashion things. This was like – this is honestly like 10 years ago. It was right when I moved to the city. And anyway, they were trying to get me and some other quote-unquote young like fashion fashionistas to – Uh, be looking at these clothes of the specific fashion designer Um, it was on the Sundance channel and they were baiting us with questions from behind the camera like "Ooh, do these clothes have holes in it like they were wanting us to say things and they and they didn't tell me anything like hey just so you know we're gonna put up suggested questions for you to ask they were just pulling up questions and I thought oh this is weird and what did I do I did it. Like I went along with it because I'm an actor. And when I get prompted, I do the thing I'm prompted. I follow the script, right? So I could really see how people could fall into this. It's nuts. We did not have
0: alcohol though. Thank God. (laughs) That's good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, anyway, I just had to, I just had to talk about that article. There's just been so many, That was like one of the weirdest things I've seen other than the naked cowboy singing with a mask on in Times Square.
0: Oh, (sighs) sign of the times.
2: I know, right? But I tell you, not so naked anymore, is he? Yeah, Uh,
3: (laughs) He's in a hazmat suit by himself.
2: Oh, my God. Uh, Shall we play an improv game, everybody? Yes. All right. I've got the perfect one for us, I think, uh, with Danny in the room. And that is the virtual room. And that is our fun game, What If. Uh, Basically what it is, Danny, is a pitch. You can pitch anything. You can pitch a TV show, a movie, an ad campaign. It's solely up to you. But the idea is that you're playing with another person. You're pitching the other person. And so uh, you know how in pitch sessions often you'll say like, hey, uh, here's the idea, blah, blah, blah. And the person says, well... I mostly like it. In fact, it's fantastic. There's just this one thing I would change. If we can change that, I think we can do a deal. And sometimes the changes seem so absurd. You're like, it's not even the same project. Why would I do that? Mm-hmm. So this is that to, to, to the umpteenth uh, level. Uh So uh, just when you think you've got it, the other person will one-up you with a, well, I love it, but what if we change this aspect of it? And in the end, you'll finally arrive at a project that's nothing like what you started at, but you both finally agree that that's the one you're going to go with. Okay? What if? So uh, Exactly. So uh, I'm going to suggest that uh, Danielle and Danny uh, start this off, if that's cool. And uh, as as makes perfect sense, Danielle, why don't you pitch Danny? Yeah. So, Danny, you're the producer or the ad executive or whatever the it's sketch kind of turns out to be. And I'm going to give you one word to incorporate into the starting pitch. And you'll know when it's over when you two agree on that it's the final version. Are we all clear on what we're doing? Great. Okay. So I'm being
0: pitched too. I'm the executive.
2: Danny is the executive, Danielle. Danielle is pitching whatever it is that she's going to be pitching. The two of you can work out what type of project it is through your your interaction. So, uh, or what it becomes. I don't know. Elsie, why don't you throw them a word, any word that must be incorporated in the initial pitch. Viscous. What is it? Viscous. Viscous. Okay. Do you know what a viscous is, Danielle?
4: It's a vis this texture. Care. It's thick and sticky. Oh, because this this like the only
3: word I've ever heard about it is something that is literally about like
4: your internal organs.
2: Yeah. The viscera is the internal I don't know this I looked up it is like viscous is is sticky.
4: It's like sticky. Viscosity, viscous. Yeah. Oh, oh I've gosh. heard of viscosity, but not yeah. viscous. Well, viscous, it's, it's, st- it's
2: sticky consistency. Uh, Elsie, will you permit a slight bend on that and for her to use the word viscosity?
4: I don't care. Okay. She
3: doesn't even <laughs> care, Mark.
2: Okay. Oh, Take it God. away. Take it away. Danielle and Danny, uh, using the word viscous or viscosity, take it away.
3: So, uh, hi, Danny. We've, over here at um, the Viscosity Podcast, have been really trying to figure out ways to literally get our audience to stick, pun intended, because we want them to stick around pun intended. And right now we're just having a hard time with our content. And so I'm my pitch today is really to a a plea to ask you to help us with what we're doing. But the great thing is, is that we have Tom Hanks signed on as our first guest and he's really hot, not with a fever. I'm saying like hot topic right now because he had the coronavirus. And so we think that'll get some people to listen. However, we just, we just don't know if at the viscosity podcast, if we have everything that it takes, do you have any like suggestions to keep us stickier
0: Other than Tom Hanks? I mean, what if you brought in a live audience and you also had an audience listening at home? And what the live audience didn't know is that they were literally going to be stuck there. (gasps) And then when Tom Hanks shows up, you tell that live audience that he's basically the outbreak monkey. And then the audience at home gets to hear them panic.
3: Okay, I am loving this. Okay, so I'm going to take that. I love this live audience thing. I love the panic. I think this is going to get a lot of views. But what if we also brought in some members of the um that are going to be potentially running for president? I mean, Let's get Bernie in there. Let's get Biden in there, right? What if they each ended up getting exposed to the virus? like it sticked to them, stuck to them, excuse me? And then we just
0: see who's the most resilient and then they win. What do you think like what do you think? I mean, I, I love this because it's really it's really speaking to my mind as an executive. Uh, to put two older people who are at risk (laughs) (laughs) in contact with the outbreak monkey. We just want views. Yeah. What if we also included some of the other people who have recently been diagnosed with coronavirus like Idris Elba and, you know, some of those basketball players. Oh, great. We, we really made this a, uh, a severely toxic room. And I love the idea of both Bernie and Biden being there. But wouldn't it be more fun if Mike Pence was there, too? You know, just for fun. He looked a little oh. feverish on TV today. Abs okay well this is all
3: true and you know it would be it would maybe it would just be like a one-off or like a very limited time series and that's it um but maybe the viscosity podcast is like one and done we make millions from one episode and that's it I mean what do you think
0: I I like that and I, I do think that you should say for a very limited time because that might be all that they have and that's
3: that's perfect. Well, I'm so glad we're on the same page, and uh, it's great. It's great to have you on the team. I think we've got it.
0: Oh, great! Very
2: nice, very nice. Thank you. Way to work in the way, way to work in the topical humor. <laughs>
1: oh, my gosh. oh my god! <laughs> Thank right. you.
2: Okay. So Elsie and I are going to try one as well. Elsie, uh, do you want to pitch or receive?
4: <laughs> okay. Yeah.
2: I'll pitch, I'll pitch. And uh, need one word to work into the pitch, whoever wants. Danny, why don't you offer that?
0: Hmm. I, uh, <laughs> how about, let's do face mask.
2: Face mask, okay. Okay, uh, first of all, Elsie, I want to say how much I appreciate the opportunity to, to pitch our film idea to you. I, I really think this is going to be nothing but a blockbuster. All right. Uh, okay. So the, the idea is it is a, uh, a period piece, yeah. uh, that is, uh, about a baseball team. And what happens is, uh, there's a catcher, uh, that we see potentially played by, um, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. And he, uh, it, you know, because you don't usually see sort of the beanpole playing the catcher. So I thought that could add a little bit of the sympathy to him. They're usually a more stout kind of person. Yeah. And uh, and then a hard pitch hits him in the face mask. And it leaves a impression on his face that disfigures him. And he goes through the rest of his life as a former Major League Baseball player with a disfigurement and no career or hopes. And he befriends a low intelligence, but very humorous sporting agent uh, played by Dame Judi Dench. <laughs> uh, who, well, she can do anything. So I really think she can handle it. And, and, uh, and she finds a, a way to sell him as a kind of circus act in the baseball uh, community, in the baseball uh, rounds. And, and, at a practice he ha he 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 makes a play and it really turns the head of uh the the uh you know the, the head of the baseball team the coach of the baseball team and uh and it's kind of a feel good uh victory story for uh someone who's seen some hard times and the title that we're seeing so far is uh you can't mask greatness so uh i That's kind of the idea we think. With those two stars attached, we've got some some requests out. We've got some backups. Uh, We think that this is just dynamite summer movie.
4: All right, Um, but what if we recast? The I I don't like. I don't like. (laughs) I don't like Judy Dench in there. Okay,
2: no Judy Dench.
4: So you said it was supposed to be a low intelligence
2: what? A a sporting agent.
4: Okay, low intelligence sporting agent. So who I'm immediately going to think of is Nicole Kidman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd I, know, I was waiting. I was waiting that Nicole Kidman is in everything. Okay. Yes. Go ahead.
4: Okay. So the I I don't mean to typecast, but um, but yeah, Nicole Kidman is going to be the low intelligence um agent, and um, there will be absolutely no chemistry with them whatsoever. So don't think love interest at all. And um, then I think that we should bring in, uh, let's see, um, I think that, uh, yes, Kevin Bacon, uh, because he becomes so famous and his face is in all the papers, that uh, his uh, potential daughter comes out of the woodwork and is requesting a DNA test, and that is played by Surrey Cruz.
2: Oh, how (laughs) interesting. How interesting. So now, now I think the only way you could, I love what you've done with this, Elsie. The only thing that I'm wondering we might want to do is maybe this shouldn't be baseball at all. Maybe we should make this more of a contact sport where we can really see uh, a little more action. So instead of baseball, what if this was football? It could still be a helmet that gets collapsed and pushed into the face. So that holds up. Uh, there's now a professional, uh, there's now professional women in the football uh, arena. So that's not unbelievable. But I was thinking if we're going to have Suri Cruz, if we're going to have Nicole Kidman, why not instead of Kevin Bacon, let's put Tom Cruise in that football helmet because I don't see any reason why people wouldn't pay a lot of money to see someone smash Tom Cruise in the face. Uh, and I'm thinking, especially if we get the Scientology angle. Put into it. Think of the drama and the conflict that the subtext that's going to be there between Tom Cruise, Suri Cruise, and uh, and Nicole Kidman. And I'm thinking there is a really glorious cameo by um, by uh, uh, Suri Cruise's mother. What's Katie her name again?
3: Holmes. Katie Holmes. By Katie. Thank Katie you, Holmes. Katie Holmes.
2: Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes is. Uh, it turns out at the last minute to have a reveal and a cameo as the actual owner of the football team and uh, and obviously drama unfolds. What do you think?
4: Well Uh-oh. Uh, I, 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 I I like most of it but I still I want to stick with baseball so what if we just go back to the baseball and keep the rest? <laughs> well
2: but Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll make you a deal. If we can go, if we, if we go back to the baseball, the one thing that I really want to do that I think will still add a lot of the action. Cause I'm afraid baseball is just not gonna yeah, action fact but, enough for a blockbuster. But
4: Mark, how are you going to do the, the face mask and football thing? Just doesn't work for me.
2: All right. That's why I'm agreeing to the baseball. Yeah. But, but what I would like to suggest is that at the last game, while they're trying to finish the game, the life changing game, as we go into the ninth inning, a horrible fire breaks out in the stands, and they're trying to finish the game while there are still people in the stands as they're fleeing for their lives. And the stands are collapsing from being on fire. Think of the drama, think of the conflict, think of the 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 Tom Cruise or whoever's going to play the catcher trying to finish the game. He's his big break, but he sees these people that need to be saved, and he's really torn of what to do. And in the end, he decides to go save somebody, and he does, but it completely burns his face off.
4: (gasps) He gets a double whammy. Oh, my God. And then he comes back as Nicolas Cage.
2: Now you're talking that's a movie. Okay. Because Nicolas Cage will do anything.
4: Well, isn't he? Yeah, face off, yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, okay. Uh, That's a movie. Do we have a deal? We have a deal. Done. All right. There you go that's it yay! so that's our movie well i (laughs)
3: would watch that on dvd i
2: (laughs) or betamax so there you go all right i i
0: would go to a midnight screening of that
2: i would see that are you kidding me that's i I can see the trailer right now man you know the looking to the mound looking back at the burning stands (laughs) you know Great. Uh, All right. Well, that was What If. Thank you very much, everybody. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's all about Danny Faith Leonard right
1: after this. The artist Prince was once known as a symbol. If we were known as a symbol, it would probably be a smear of grape jelly or possibly banana pudding. Nope. Grape jelly. Definitely grape This is Funny People Talking.
2: All right, Danny. Danny, 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 Faith Leonard. I love it. So a quick question for you. Is your full name Danny Faith? Is your name Danny? Your middle name's Faith? How does that all play out?
0: My middle name is Faith. My first name is Danielle, but I've always been Danny. I don't know. I I don't know what it was uh, when I was younger. It wasn't like there were five of us in my kindergarten class like there were five lauren five jennifers you know there were those like very yeah. specific names that year <laughs>
3: i but experienced the same one. thing i had no Danielle's. and then when i met the first danielle i think it was like eighth grade and i was like what oh, <laughs> who are no. you
2: so danny what made you decide to start using the faith as a part of your name where you you know people obviously people call you danny they don't call you danny faith usually right, right. but But you, you have made, like, I don't, interestingly, by the way, my actual legal name is Mark Thomas. Thomas is not my middle name because when my name was entered on my birth certificate, it was written as my first name being Mark Thomas.
1: Oh, my God. uh, By error. Really? But,
2: But, yeah, from a practical standpoint, I've in practice Ben mark is my first name thomas is my middle name but if you want to get really technical about it that's what it what's is what's your other middle so- name though I don't have one. Oh my god! But so, Mark uh,
3: Thomas, you shouldn't have told me this. Now I'm going to call you Mark Thomas all the uh, time. People, <laughs>
2: people, people, people have done that. But what I'm saying is, is I don't, I don't see my first name as Mark Thomas. I see it as Mark. So, but I don't go around calling myself Mark Thomas Rico. Is my point, Danny? You, you made a decision to be referring to yourself at least professionally as Danny Faith Leonard. How did that happen?
0: It's Faith has always been my favorite part of my name. Um, I love when, that. Yeah, I, it meant a lot to my mom when she named me because um, it took her 10 years to get pregnant with me. So that was the, you know, that was, she had faith that she would have me one day. <laughs> oh. Um, And also I'm named after my great grandmother, whose name was Fanny. So the faith was for that. And my cousin's. Who whoever is the firstborn girl they also all have the middle name faith so it's like a it's a family thing at this point oh that's nice. <laughs> and my sister's that's my nice. sister's middle name is joy it's it's super cheesy but it it mm-hmm. continued and now um you know my sister is going to give birth in a couple of weeks and that baby's middle name is hope i mean we really went overboard here
2: <laughs> oh my gosh i know my god that's great That's nice. That's nice to put into the universe and to give people that identity. That's really, that's really great. So as I sum it up a little bit, you, you, at least the things that I'm aware of, it sounds to me like primarily you have three major things that you do. There's your company with your partner, uh, Alex, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, She still goes by Cyrilla. Okay. So,
0: Oh, I don't know. Alex oh. Cir- Cirillo Ferreras.
2: I'm not sure. Well, there you go. Oh, I, don't know.
0: So, I, I know. I so know what she's doing in her private life. Please, three names.
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. So, so Alex, uh, who's really cool, also. Uh, you and Alex have uh, a, a big vision, empty wallet, right. uh, as a production a, a company, an incubator, and a way to influence the the film community and what's possible in storytelling. You have your show, Adult Sex Ed, which we'll get into, and we want to talk about where that came from, and. Then there's also the performer part of you outside of adult sex ed as an actress, as a comedian, um, as an improviser, and so forth. Am I missing any major part of your identity <laughs> that that, that pe- people tend to maybe not know about?
0: This is new, but I recently uh I wrote a screenplay that is that's moving into production this year. So, uh, wow, congratulations! Thank you. I, at, through Big Vision. Alex and I, I think we've worked on nine films. And so I I think it, for me, it makes sense for the 10th one, for me to be something that I wrote.
2: Is this a documentary? Is this a, a narrative? It's a
0: narrative. And it's kind of hilarious, uh, the first conversation that we had about Big Brother, um, because it's a movie about a news producer who has lost her career. And it's a couple of years later, And she's Mm. looking for something to do. And she finds out about these people who have been discovered living on this island. And they're still living like it's the 1800s and the gold rush. And she makes a reality show about them. And then the rest of the movie is about what happens when they get access to information. And they realize uh, that the world has moved forward. And, you know, they suddenly have access to shopping for things on Amazon and watching porn and all of this stuff that they didn't know before. And, you know, they end up revolting, of course. Wow. um, So it's, it's so relevant to what we were talking about before. And it's kind of, uh, you know, the deeper things are it's about kind of media and ethics, but it's also about colonialism. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's a comedy.
4: (laughs) I I love it
2: i love it but what if no i'm just kidding that's um that's really that's really cool i bet i bet actually that german big brother thing you you really are going to check that out because there might be something you glean from watching that oh absolutely you know if nothing else your own your own reactions to what unfolds um by the way on on a on a short very uh very pimping out moment uh, i just want to mention that uh both danielle and i are very fine sag actors
0: hey, who, uh, who, awesome.
2: who who would love the opportunity to be considered for a role if it fits just saying um of course. anyway uh so sorry for that but you know you have to pitch yourself uh-huh. you gotta congratulations and, and and best of luck on the continued road i cannot wait to see and find out more it's really exciting um what a big moment for you uh and many more to unfold so let's talk about uh, Big Vision Empty Wallet. How did that come to be? Why does it exist? And how is what it started out as feel different than what it is now? And maybe even the name has a different meaning to you.
0: Yeah, at first, you know, we, well, we started the company almost ten years ago on May first. will be our Will be our anniversary, and I had been working before that just producing events for filmmakers to come together and screen their work and share resources and part partially that was selfish of me because I knew that I wanted to move into film and I had studied theater in school and I didn't really know anyone who worked in film and I didn't know kind of how to break in so I was looking to meet more people but then I uh, you know the resources that we were providing ended up being really useful and I had sort of discovered producing and Alex and I realized that we wanted to do that together. And so we started Big Vision Empty Wallet really as this resource for people who were creating things independently, who literally had a big vision and an empty wallet. And then now 10 years later, we're this incubator where the projects have gotten a lot bigger that we've been working on. But really, it's the same resources that we're providing now that we provided then just as on a larger scale. It's the same kind of issues that filmmakers have where they can't get into the right rooms. And we're hoping that we can sort of bridge the gap or help people figure out how to not need to be in those rooms at all. So we're just doing what we used to do, but on a much larger scale. And you know using the incubator to find new people and new projects and find things that we want to work on but it's really been an evolution there's never been a time where we said let's scrap everything and start all over again and do something different it really has just evolved from one thing to the next and you know now it's been 10 years and it's going to be interesting to see what the next decade holds i think that usually times of crisis, while they're difficult, sometimes they tend to even the playing field a little bit. Like if no one has access to the major resources and everyone has to get scrappy, I really do think that creativity starts to prevail. So I'm excited to see the kind of work that that happens after this kind of crisis that we're in right now.
2: And you, you part of your incubator, at least historically, has been taking the group to Costa Rica, right?
0: Yeah, we ha- we've put that on hold the last couple of years, uh, or the okay. last year, I guess, because we were working on too many projects that we couldn't commit to going down for a week, which, honestly, is a good problem to have. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, we used to run uh, one of our incubators in Costa Rica which was always so nice and provided such a good break from New York in the winter just as that seasonal depression would start to kick in we, we would head out for a week or two and uh, i definitely felt different this year and last year not going <laughs> i felt the difference
2: can can you talk a little bit about as you look at projects either that you're going to work on or as you're helping people develop projects, uh, putting, putting you on the spot a little bit here, but what do you think your and Alex's approach to looking at the importance and integration of humor in a project, how how you think about that? Uh, because I, I would imagine that a lot of times there may be an evaluation I think you're just trying too hard to go for laughs. Um I think this is a little too serious. Maybe you, you need to lighten it up and helping people find the humor in that through your your coaching and producing. Can you offer any insights on how you think about that and how you help people find the funny?
0: Sure. I mean, we don't always work on comedies and we we've produced some films that have been really really serious. But, they do, but it always has to have levity because life does. But when we are working on a comedy, I mean, comedy can come from, from so many different places. And I think that the most important thing, oh, God, this word is so overused, but I'm going to say it. It needs to be authentic to the story. So, I, you know, even in my script, I have jokes that I ended up cutting out because even though I knew that they were super funny. It really was out of place for moving the story forward and it was just a joke for joke's sake. And so I think that there needs to be a reason for everything to be there. I I think that as long as there's some sort of payoff story-wise so that it's not just a joke out of nowhere, you know, then it works. And I, I would say the only time that I can I can think of where that might not be the case is you know sometimes you're watching a comedy and you see two people walking down the street and there's an aside and there's just a totally different conversation that they're having but the truth is they still walk down the street during it so they still got to where they needed to be and, and there were jokes I, I think as long as it has a a place within the story then I think that that you know it humor is always an amazing thing to add to any project, even if it's a drama.
2: So let's switch over to adult sex ad. Uh, This is a comedy slash educational show that you do as part of caveat uh, or, or it's presented on a stage at caveat in New York city. Tell us about what that show is and the genesis of it, because from what I understand it is definitely not what you originally envisioned.
0: no, it's not what I originally envisioned. I wrote it as a TV pitch, and I had pitched it around. Um, that pitch got me hired to write on a different project, so it wasn't for nothing. Uh, and uh, when that project ended i I ended up picking picking adult sex ed back up again and thinking about how I could really make it my own. and sex ed is something that. I have always been focused on and something that I've always kind of had an obsession with. Um, I grew up on Long Island in a a very conservative town. And in school we had abstinence only sex ed. And uh when I was in high school, we watched Philadelphia to, to wow, learn really? that. If you oh, have wow. sex, you'll get AIDS. Oh my gosh, that's really harsh. I love all Tom Hanks references, (laughs) except for that one. But at home, I had a totally different situation. Uh, My home was very honest and open. My mom even taught sex ed for a while, so I really had these conflicting messages that I was receiving. And I'm really lucky that I had this healthy environment at home to counteract what the kind of bullshit that I was learning in school. And um, you know. Throughout the years, I've been really focused on what is happening in sex ed in America. And the the sex ed that students are receiving here, I mean, all over the world, sex ed is pretty abysmal. But in the U.S. in particular, it doesn't really match how free and open we think we are as a country. Only 29 states require sex ed and Washington, D.C., and only 15 states require that it's medically accurate. So those are our, those are our current numbers. And uh, what I was just, looking at I believe this, that. It's so strange that there's shame
3: around it when we need facts.
0: I know. And so I was thinking about what would be a, a good format to deliver sex ed to people who should have already learned it. And by that, I mean adults. And what the show is, is now it's a live show um, that is almost morphed into a variety show, like a late night style variety show where I have an opening monologue that I do. I take the audience through some current events and then I bring up other performers to talk about their sex ed histories. And throughout the show, I deliver different quote unquote lessons Uh, that are really hilarious deep dives into Mm. topics that you wouldn't know about. You know, this month is Women's History Month. So I did a couple of Women's History Month profiles and I spoke about products uh, that have been created for women and uh, the really unfortunate ways that men have tried to advertise them. But the show is not only female focused. I definitely have a lot of male audience members that come and enjoy the show and uh, I do different topics each month that sometimes appeal more to women and sometimes are, you know, appealing to everyone. But I make sure that when I cast the other comedians who are coming on the show, it represent represents a diverse perspective. Because the mm-hmm. other issue in sex ed in America is that it's told completely from a, a heterosexual perspective. And usually oh, they well, talk about sex between married people. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's abs oh my gosh, that's so true. There I was listening to something recently where um it just talked about like educating your children about sex and how it's so helpful to say, and this is a mommy and a mommy, and this is a daddy and a daddy, and this is a mommy and a daddy, and this is um, or perhaps these are two um binary people folks together. So it just it's um If that's kind of the curve that's happening with teaching children, adults need to learn it too. (laughs) you know,
2: that's so interesting because I think about a bit of a a peek into me. I learned about the birds and the bees from my neighbor, Steve Challenger, uh, in my front yard when I was, I don't know, well- whatever age 11 or 12 I don't know what Challenger
3: is an amazing and, last name sorry. Oh know. my god.
2: Isn't it though yeah yeah and then uh and then I do not recall and maybe it happened but I do not recall being talked to by either one of my parents about uh the Virgin and the bees at all and and when I was in school I don't think we went beyond the most basic basic moment of sex ed i think maybe we watched a film one time and that was it there was nothing beyond that now granted this would have been in like 1980 to 82 time but still um it's a i what i'm saying is is when i hear about other people's experiences being told sat down by their parents or or uh or you know having this like ongoing series of of class sessions covering different topics of sex ed. I'm like, I didn't get any of that.
0: <laughs> well, you should come to adult sex ed.
2: <laughs> I'm totally going to. I mean, I'm 53. I need to play catch up. Maybe, I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh, well, the show, uh, the show is so much fun. And um, yes, I do it at Caveat, but I also have been looking at touring around a little bit. And recently I've partnered with National Lampoon uh, they came on board the show and were working on a pitch for a TV or a podcast or whatever's next for the show. I also, um, when I describe the show to people, I think when they come to the show, it never ends up being what they thought it was going to be. And the the point of bringing the other comedians on to tell their stories is that even if you did have amazing comprehensive sex ed in school, we still learn by doing, right? And we we have all of these moments that are kind of like our own personal sex ed. So usually that's what the story focuses on. It, it usually focuses on things that someone had to learn the hard way. <laughs> like There's so oh much
2: there. But let me ask you, uh, Danny, moving on to sort of the third area of things. So you, you, you've written a screenplay. That's amazing. Uh, you've got... Big vision Empty you wallet you've got adult sex ed. Uh what about the the performer end of you outside of sex ed? Are you still thinking about yourself as a stand-up comedian or doing improv or I know you've also done acting professionally? Uh where is this just a matter of bandwidth? <laughs> or 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 are you still pursuing these things or still, or or did you get where you tried to arrive? No,
0: I'm still doing um like stand-up and storytelling outside of adult sex ed. Uh, you know, adult sex ed is something that I've been doing once a month. So if that was the only time that I got on stage each month, I think I would feel really rusty. <laughs> so yeah. I'm trying to to get out there a lot more. So I'm hoping that at least I get to play a small part in my own movie. Um, That would be really nice. And uh, I don't think it was ever my ambition to be the lead in a show or the lead in a film when I'm acting. I always wanted to be a funny side character. And I I sort of still do feel that way about it. I know that's very weird, (laughs) but that was always a character that I related to other than uh, Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny, which is definitely not a side character.
2: (laughs) Isn't it funny how we see ourselves a certain way and other people keep casting us as other things. Like I, 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 I know what I believe my strengths are as an actor, but I keep getting, and I appreciate that I've been cast, but I keep getting cast like constantly as these, you know, as a cop, as a, as a, a dad, as a this, as a that. And I'm like, but I'm funnier this way, you know, I'm better this way. And it's, it doesn't matter how we see ourselves unless we do write our own movie and write a part for ourselves, <laughs> you know, it, it um, which is a lot, what a lot of people do. Right. It's true. I mean, Uh, my
3: movie, I didn't write a part for myself, but she wrote it for me and then I executive produced it. And it felt weird because I'm used to giving so many other people opportunities. And but at the end of the day, it felt really good. At first, it felt a little foreign, though. So I hear you. Do you know David Hyde Pierce? All he has ever David Hyde Pierce from Frasier and um, Mm -hmm. Broadway and all the things. All he ever wanted to do was be a voice in a crowd. And so he finally got to do that on um, on a there was a spinoff show after Frasier. What was that that he got to finally be a voice in a crowd? And in the same way, you're like, I want to be this. Oh, my God. I think it's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it might have something to do with the movies that I grew up with, where the sidekick had such great lines oh absolutely so boring and i don't know if that's still the case but when i think about i just re-watched jurassic park which was always one of my favorite movies and like i mean jeff goldblum has the best lines why of would course. you want to be mean...
2: <laughs> don't you don't you want to be the fonds look i'm i'm not kidding around I, you know i think danielle and i do a fine job on this show and we love being on it and elsie may not agree with this but. I often think Elsie's the strongest part of this show. She pops up every once in a while with a zinger and that's what makes the show special is those moments, I think. So uh, we're just the connective tissue, right, Danielle?
3: Oh, sure. uh, Just connecting all the (laughs) tissue.
2: That's all we do. That's all we do. So, okay. So uh, final question, at least for me, uh, Danny, what's the big win for you? Like all of the things that you've been working on What could happen in your life that would make you go, ah, finally, I mean, maybe my life's not over and I'm not done trying, but this is what I have been trying to do. All of it led up to this moment.
0: I think it's a combination of, I, career-wise, I would love for Adult Sex Ed to become a late night show. And I Mm. would also really love to make this movie and other movies like it. I love things that are comedy. And because both of them are similar in that it's comedy, but it is delivering other things within the framework of comedy. And for the movie, it's delivering uh, certain messages and certain themes that are underlying that hopefully will make people talk about the way that we treat new people when we discover them. (laughs) And, uh, The way that we exploit people <laughs> through TV and the media, yeah. uh, and then adult sex ed. I I actually think it's a great educational tool that is not really meant to teach you sex ed, but meant to open your eyes to maybe the misconceptions that you're holding on to that are holding you back, or that are causing you to judge other people and their journeys. So, I I would really love for those things to happen and for me to be able to create more stuff like that. So that's the, that's the career answer to the question.
2: Oh, that's great. That's great. Thank you. And how can people connect with the different things that you do? Is there sort of a central <laughs> entry point or, or uh, do you want to rattle each one of them off?
0: I would say at this point, because I don't have any shows coming up because no one does. Uh, <laughs> I would say the best thing would just be to, follow me on Twitter or Instagram. And then when I have things to announce, you'll find out about them. Uh, and I'm Danny F Leonard on, on both of those.
2: So D-A-N-I-F Leonard L-E-O-N-A-R-D. Awesome.
0: I'm
3: following. Yay.
2: (laughs) So, okay. Well, um, I can't wait to come see one of your adult, uh sex ed shows when they happen please uh i know you let us know i'll really try to come to it and uh however we can be helpful with your film as it unfolds i i I want to be supportive however we can oh thank so, you uh, i'm excited for you and and uh, everything that you've been building it's it's really really cool last thing in this show usually at this point in the show we have what we call End of show food. When we're all in the studio together, Elsie has some interesting food that she's found from somewhere in the world that we get to taste and then we get to rate it. Um, we don't have that luxury of being in the same, uh, same place right now, but I, I kind of want to, uh, to to try a, a double whammy here, so here's what I'm going to propose. Are you home right now, Danny?
0: I'm actually in my mom's apartment.
2: <laughs> okay, so I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna challenge you in a way that may actually perturb your mom. I'm not sure, but um, if you would, I'd like for both you and our usual end of show food person, Elsie, to both get up from your computers, race to your respective kitchens. That is in where you are. And grab something as fast as you can that seems unusual to eat or drink and race back and you're going to taste it and share with us in the most, the funniest way that you can, your description of what that item is. Okay. Are you game? Are you able to I do that? I actually
0: think that this is, a, it is an advantage that I'm in my mom's apartment and not my own <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay so so uh the weirder the okay. better or the more the less likely the better so are you up for this elsie yeah okay ready as fast as you can one two three go
1: connect with the show at mouth media network or at our website funnypeopletalking.com and please for the love of all that is holy subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really really good rating on itunes pretty please Thank you.
3: I'm just twiddling my right. thumbs, Mark.
2: That's right. So this is fun. This is a this is a twofer right here.
3: I know. I love that they're both going to be doing it. This is exciting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh so Danny Danny she's a she's a cool person, isn't she? She's so cool. I can't wait to see her show.
3: Oh, Oh, I'm super pumped. And I'm excited to hear the descriptions of these food items.
2: Oh, me too. Me too. Me too. All right. So, Danny, you're back. Elsie, you're back. All right. Awesome. Thank you. That was very fast. I admire your speed. All right. Let's start with you, Danny. Why don't you give us a a quick, uh, uh, you know, we want to hear you try it and, uh, describe it in the most humorous and exaggerated way that you can, uh, what it is that you have.
0: Okay. But I'm not telling you what it is.
2: Oh, it's totally up to you. We can also try to guess if you want to go. Um,
0: that way. I, I think, I think I want you to guess. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I, I am taking this. It's out of a jar. Okay. Ooh. Uh, yeah. and I'm going to taste that. Okay. Okay. Fluffer nutter. So no, this is uh oh, it is it. um a product mm-hmm. of Israel. Ooh. <laughs> uh, um. th- it has some sweetness to it. Pickle? Uh no, no, no. Um, although it is sort of salty. In reading, uh you are you're getting closer, definitely. In uh in reading the uh label. It says it can be served either cold or at room temperature directly from the jar. Which,
2: oh, gefilte yeah. fish?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were so close with the herring and then you, you know.
2: I know. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. So how does it taste?
0: Uh, you know, it's fine. It tastes like a bunch of fish scraps.
2: <laughs> it does, doesn't it?
0: It tastes exactly like what it is, and I appreciate that
2: that's right you know amazing to me uh is uh when i think about these cultures that bury fish and then they and then whatever number of days or months later they pull it up and then they eat it as a fermented thing oh wow god i can't even begin to you've heard of this right elsie yeah oh my do you know what it's called by any chance i know you are pretty good at national geo and stuff
4: Uh, i don't know i don't i don't remember
2: all right. Well, Danny, thank you for the gefelta fish. Oh, I'm sorry. Did some, someone say something?
3: No, I, I feel like I knew the name of it at one time, too, and I don't remember either. So maybe it's just not a memorable fish thing.
2: I think it's called, I think it's called, Aah! oh, God, oh, no. Yeah, that's the per official. Yeah. So sorry about that. Uh, all right. So, well, Danny, thank you very much for doing that. That was fun. And I'm, I, I'm glad that the byproduct of it was that you got to have some Gofalta fish. So uh, there, there you go. And uh, Elsie, so what did you uh, scurry off and get? Um, or, or do you want to taste it and describe it?
4: Well, yeah, uh, but uh, okay. but that that um that fish that you're talking about, I think it's like a Swedish thing, that that fermented, buried thing. So oh, okay. the name of it would most likely be in Swedish. So I don't know. So it's not Swedish. fish. I wish fish. it was Swedish fish. No, I Swedish no, fish. no. <laughs> So, anyway, my thing is a beverage, uh, and uh, I'll open it, so I'm going to taste it. I would like a Ooh. beverage. I didn't hear a sizzle. All right, All right so I'm going to just tell you, because you'll never guess. So, this is called Volcano Juice.
0: What?
2: I'm in love already. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it's a uh, juice press makes it, and um, oh. it's it's massively picky. Um it's got ginger, lime, cayenne pepper, and oil of oregano. And let me tell you what it says. Volcano. Even hotter and spicier than its cousin, ginger fireball. Because volcano doesn't contain OJ. It's loaded with ginger, root, and that study suggests it's anti inflammatory and immune boosting. Try the rest of our fireball family. And it's spicy and and taut it's that's really great i i like it it's if you're falling asleep definitely drink some you don't you won't be asleep
2: <laughs> well hey it sounds like a pretty good thing to be drinking about now in uh in the world yeah. i want you know i i imagine they can't really advertise this as some sort of you know uh a uh, potion or elixir but i imagine that uh <laughs> the implication is immune booster let me have
4: some of well that. it's really good for you i mean the lime has the uh, acidity yeah. and the vitamin C. The ginger is good for your digestion. The cayenne is good for your blood. Yeah. Oil of regno is good for your throat and coughing and stuff. So, yeah. But I just good. I bought it because it, well, oh, it, it tastes good. Well, it tastes good with all that. And, <laughs> and right. it's called Volcano, and I want to drink something called Volcano.
3: Let's explode. There you go.
2: All right. Well, thank you, Elsie. Thanks for going in and trying that. That was interesting. and Volcano Juice. I would never have seen that coming. <laughs> I love it. So, all right. Well, uh, what a fun and interesting episode this has been. What a wonderful guest. Danny, Danny Faithletter, thank you Yay, very much Danny. for making time joining us. I, I wish we could have been in the studio together, but I'm, I'm happy we were still able to get together thanks to the 21st century technology. So thanks thank a lot. Thank you. And best of luck with the things you're working on. I can't, I seriously, I can't wait to come see your show when it's back. Uh, yeah, back Yeah, I'm
3: excited too. It's
2: going to be great. So, Thank you so uh, everybody go see, uh, yeah, check her out. Uh, follow her on uh, Twitter and Instagram at uh, uh, Danny F Leonard and uh, go check out adult sex ed. And if you're curious about uh, big vision, empty wallet, go check it out. If you're a filmmaker or, or, uh, or a producer uh it's probably uh, good to connect with danny and alex so anyway thanks again great to see you again and uh continue to look and by the way danny seriously please stay uh safe and healthy. oh
0: you too all of you thank, thank you, you.
2: Okay, that's it for this uh, really nice episode of uh, Funny People Talking. Uh, we're very grateful that you took the time to listen. We are. Uh, we're all going to try to stay uh, safe and uh, healthy and, and uh, taken care of and vigilant and all those things. And we hope that you will, too. So until next time, for uh, Daniel Beckwoman.
3: Farewell, I'm a woman.
2: <laughs> and Volcano Elsie. Don't explode. <laughs> thank you thank you uh, i'm mark rako have a wonderful day everybody we'll see you soon until then stay funny
1: that's it that's the end of the show boy oh uh, boy what a crock. this was funny people talking no portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers Connect with our show at, at Mouth media Network or at our website, FunnypeopleTalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening.
0: This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.